Ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. You know the voice. You see the face. Your boy B. Jones back on the mic, man. What's happening, BJ? All good, man. All good. Glad to have you back. Glad to have you back on the 13th floor. The ride, the the show wasn't, wasn't the same, man. I know, man, but y'all boys held it down, man. I feel like, you know, KD and the Warriors can do it. You know, you, you guys can <laughs> handle it as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good, good to have you back, man. What's going I, on, sir? I don't know if KD and the Warriors going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right now it's it's just uh, Steph, Steph, uh, and Draymond, really, uh, with their two injuries. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, man, good to have you back, man. Jeez. Yeah, man, it feels great to be back, man. I miss the podcast a lot. Um, actually, man, I know you guys have been holding it down for me while I was gone. So a lot of great episodes came out, especially the last two. I got to catch up on those two, but the graduation day and post-graduation, make sure if you haven't caught those on iTunes or Google Play or SoundCloud or wherever you're listening to us, viewing us, go ahead and uh, check those out, man. They're fresh, up to date for you. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Uh, to your point about the Warriors, um, I don't know. I think they can, I think they can pull it out. I don't know the severity of uh clay's injury i saw him go down last night yeah i still haven't heard the severity of his injury um as of yet and as of right now they still don't know when durant's coming back so i think durant might be pulling a Kawhi leonard me personally ah man i hate to say it but i think it's quite possible man especially with him being a free agent next year you know he already got two it just might not be worth it for that man exactly exactly rather secure his long game his legacy heal up, be 100% healthy, um, and get on the market. So Yeah, yeah, but we shall see. I mean, I, I definitely didn't – I definitely underestimated Toronto. I will say that. Um, I hadn't watched basketball all year and not really paying attention to the lineup they had and the struggle that they put Golden State through the first game. I think if Boogie hadn't come back into the lineup, they definitely would have been hurt uh, with them big men down there. But, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Um, people just don't realize – they're almost built in a way where you need more than two defenders to defend Toronto. You mm-hmm. can't just have two defenders. And I, I thought before game one that the, the real key, I don't care who um, Golden State has, if Kyle Lowry could play four solid games, <laughs> it's a wrap. I don't because, know if it's so much on Kyle Lowry as it is uh, on Siakam. Yeah, but 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 look, I think Siakam is a good to have. Mark Gasol is a good to have. But if Kyle Lowry could ball out, they don't have anybody to defend him. Mm-mm. I mean, if he can be Kyrie esque and give uh, give Steph that run around that Kyrie gave him, they de- they definitely have a fighting chance. Yep. So I I thought that was the key. But Siakam, look, I didn't even know his name until until uh, game one. <laughs> until game one. I don't, I don't know what he did in game two because I didn't watch it. But um, And then Mark Gasol with his 20 points in game one. That's that's what you need. You just need a balanced team. And that's what they have. Um, and, and all of a sudden, there's a problem. 
Yep, it's a problem. But we're going to see what uh, the old Warriors going to do down there in Oakland, man. Yeah, uh, we'll see, game. man. They're getting, they're getting beat up, you know. You know five, five, what's this, fifth year in the championship? I know. It's crazy, man. They should have. What they get? Four? They got four out of four out of the five? Yep. Four out of the five. Arguably should have been five straight. And no. then, and then um, don't forget, they played in the Olympics. Who? Um, Clay, Steph, I think Draymond, all those guys played in the Olympics. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Oh, and, and, um, Durant. Damn, I didn't realize that. Yeah. All those guys played in the Olympics. So if you think about it, man, those guys are just beat up. Yeah, man. That's a lot of basketball, bro. Especially that long 82 game season, all them postseason games. So I don't know. Get your CBD oil. <laughs> can I come out my point now during the conversation? Because I can't contribute nothing to that conversation whatsoever. <laughs> well, yeah, man, we talking about my absence, man, and um, quite honestly, man, I think it was, it was, it was well worth it uh, for those who may be catching up or might have missed me before I left out. Um, definitely started this uh, crazy cannabis journey with a team we call ourselves Sife. The business is beyond extracts. And I had to step away from the podcast just a little bit because it was requiring so much of my time. A lot of bit. (laughs) A lot of it. Uh, But it was requiring so much time, man. Building a startup, uh, not knowing all of the things that you don't know in cannabis and doing all of that research, dealing with consultants on top of making sure the family is good, making sure Nia is good and Chris graduates. Uh, Shout out. I don't even know if I was on here to congratulate her. Sure graduation. Graduated a couple of weeks ago. Got a full-fledged dentist in the house. Mama, I made it. I got me a doctor. <laughs> Successful. My, he said, Mama, I got me a doctor. <laughs> what I was saying was, I don't even know, really. Um, no, I was saying so. Don't skip over that stuff so quick. Right, I was saying don't skip over that stuff so quick. Um, because cannabis, industry, that's only been in the last, you know, let's say the last year. You guys have been working on that and, you know, applications had to be in in the last in the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, but I want to go back because I think what you've done is something that allegedly black men don't do and black families don't do. Um, we're not recognized for making huge sacrifices to for the betterment of the family structure. Right. right. And I, I, I feel like that's what you did. And as a matter of fact, that's how you ended up coming to Maryland because of that sacrifice. Because truth be told, you weren't interested in moving somewhere cold or or, or, or somewhere where it snowed. Uh, you were content to stay in Florida. And I just want to take the listeners through, look, here is real life evidence of what we are capable of and what we do. So that first sacrifice was you deciding you were going to move in order to give your fiance the best opportunity to go to school, right? Absolutely. And I mean, let's just talk about that in itself because you talk about the cold weather and no beaches and this quote unquote old bay seafood and stuff up here versus the the Florida style seafood, right? But not only those things, but I, I, I took the move away from my son. Because in Miami, it's three hours, three and a half hours to St. Pete. Kellen was in 15. He was like three years old at the time. Um, And so that was one of the heavier things that weighed on me. But it was like, okay, 
I know what the situation kind of is getting into this, having a child out of wedlock with somebody you know you're not going to be with. Eventually, something like this was going to happen. Um, but it was almost necessary to be able to provide, you know, for him and for my family at the same time. So I had to, I had to consider all of that as well uh, when moving up here. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a trying time, but there were so many other things that kind of went on when moving up here and, you know, making sure Chris was set up because this was going to provide her with the necessary structure you know, she needed. And even coming up here, there were some things that were supposed to fall in place that didn't fall in place. And so it really ended up landing in my lap. So, you know, thankful that you pulled me, you know what I'm saying, from one space to the next to get me there. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just something that we do. I think that, like you said, we don't get enough credit for it because I think us as men, we do take on a lot to make sure our families are structured and taken care of. I know I can speak for it. Um, I can speak for it myself. Uh, I, I, I sacrificed a lot to come up here. Um, and then even being up here, there were things, and I was still doing my master's program while Chris was in her first year of dental school. So the amount of sleep that I had, I had to leave or lose, um, the time that I, I spent with Nia to make sure that she was taken care of with school and everything. It's, um, it, it sounds like, you know, normal course of business. You're a father, you're, you're, you're a fiance, you know, you, you're doing the things that you're supposed to do. But when it comes, it, it's like, it's hard to describe because you gotta, gotta go through it. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have somebody that's, you know, mm -hmm. at school 18 hours a day, you know, sleeping four hours a night, you know, and, and you have to cook, you gotta clean, you gotta bathe, you gotta pay bills and all of those things. Things that the men are supposed to do, right? You're supposed to provide for your family, I think, um, you know, and that was just how I did it. It may have been in a less than traditional fashion, you know, with the cooking and the cleaning and not necessarily your strict gender role, but that's what we're here to do. We're here to provide for our families. And I think there's one thing, and we'll probably get into this in this conversation uh, tonight, is like how we provide for our families in the non-traditional senses. Right. And, and, and don't forget. Don't don't skip over. <clears throat> she is starting school, mm -hmm. and you're basically on one income, and mm -hmm. you're doing it in some place with a higher cost of living <laughs> than where you came from, right? So you so you got to make that uh, work out for you, which you know we both know. <laughs> <laughs> we I remember having this conversation it's like Carol, what's it going to take for me to get the fifty? Like, ugh. right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Um, and that was like a, Ooh, uh, <laughs> let, I mean, let's that'll make me comfortable. Let us still be tight, but at least it'll be a little bit more comfortable. Right. Um, and, and look, I, I'm glad that, that BJ's here. Um, Mr. Consistency, because here's somebody that has moved his family a couple times as well. Um, under the guise of, Hey, we got to do what's best for the family. And I know I'm going to, I'm going to take on some additional stuff. And he's another one that look, he put that work in and he's starting to see the benefits of that work. Um, so for both of you um, that are doing that, you know, w what is it that makes you say, I'm going to make these sacrifices? If I got be totally honest, it's, it's not even a thought. It's like, this is what's got to be done. Make it happen. Um, 
it wasn't a question of what do I have to do is what's the outcome I want. And for right now, what's the best decision to make? And I always, over the years for me, it's been, there's no right or wrong decisions. It's the decision to make it right. Right? Um, there's a lesson in everything you learn, whether you believe it was the best route or there was some stumbling blocks around the way. It's all a lesson in the end. So, again, you make it right, um, no matter what the circumstances were. Um, and, again, that's just been a lot of reading, a lot, a lot of, like, kind of coming into my, my own self over the years. But it really is just what's the best thing for the family for the, the long game? Because we're, we're not talking about the short game right now. Right? We talk about doing something, looking forward that we don't know what all to happen, but for right now, this is the best decision. So now make it right. Yeah, that, goes with, that goes with moving the family. It goes with jobs. It goes with marriage. It goes with a whole bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for both of you guys, look, we're talking about a level of commitment above and beyond uh, married folks because for both of you, when you were doing the moving, um, right. And Brett, maybe moving isn't done for you. We still trying to work on that, but, um, <laughs> you know, as we said, Brett, your fiance, um, for BJ, it wasn't even, y'all weren't even engaged. Right. No. And you were moving around, um, mm-hmm. doing these things. So, you know, one, just, just kudos and, and just all types of salutations and, 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 and whatnot to you guys, because that takes a lot. And again, that's not necessarily something that we have an example of in front of us, right? Well, BJ, you know, your dad was around, so you kind of got to see that that structure. Um, but for Brett, you know, you're kind of a, it's kind of similar to me, kind of a, a broken family situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not always the example, but the examples are out there. Mm-hmm. So for both of you guys, who did you rely on? Um, was there somebody that you could talk to or people that you could talk to to kind of get guidance on how to get through this? Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, like you said, come from a quote unquote broken family. Um, but the person that I talked to the most, um, or my example was from college, uh, my, my, um, my undergraduate advisor, him and his wife, uh, they took me in like I was their adopted child and they, were a true testament to what I could see as like real love. And they were very different, but they fit together. You know what I'm saying? Like peanut butter and jelly. They, um, they, they always hung out together. Um, and when I say hang out, I mean like hung out, like kicking it. Um, they were very open with how they handled their relationship and provided a lot of, um, a lot of guidance when I was younger, but then when I started getting serious, they, they would ask questions and, you know, poke and pride, give advice, but not tell you what to do, you know, those types of things. And then when they had, you know, they had their children, I used to babysit and stuff. So it was like, I always looked up to them and I tell them this all the time. It's like, you know, you were the example that I kind of, you know, never really had. Um, and, but, but also going along with that, I knew growing up that way, I didn't want to end up that way. Um, now it was difficult. Uh, I can say it was kind of difficult getting in the right situation with Chris and I, because we were so far apart and had to deal with a lot of like long distance type of stuff. Um, but once it got solidified almost, you know, it was like, all right, I'm gonna make this, this work. I'm gonna make this happen. 
Um, and we were such good friends, you know, it was like, I, I knew that I, I was only getting married once. And I knew that this was the person that I think fit me the most. And it's almost that soulmate type of situation. So, you know, knowing what can be uh, when it comes down to those broken home situations, like I was just not trying to put myself in that situation. Right. So let's talk about the naysayers. Um, obviously, we all have friends and family that in these situations, they try to tell us, oh, man, what? you're not even married. Why are you, why, why are you moving for this person? How you know it's going to work? What if things go wrong? How, how did you just mute the people that were not on board with what your plan was? took a little while, man, because it, it was probably maybe like two or three years ago where I started realizing that I had just about as much knowledge on how relationships work, especially my relationship, as some married folk. Um, when I look at the history that, that Chris and I have, and I looked at everything that we've been through between her having a child, me having a child, and all of the things that people go through in relationships, um, I started to to understand that, you know, this is, this is my space, you know what I'm saying? And it's a little bit different than what you might be used to. I know it might not be traditional, but uh, it works for us. And, you know, we used to get that and we'd talk about it and, you know, we'd have conversations about, you know, trying to rush the whole marriage thing and, you know, making things official for people and their, their, their well-being, I guess, or what, what will make them be comfortable. But then we got to a point and it was just like, you know, or I got to a point where I was like, you know, I'm doing everything that a husband is supposed to do. Um, you know, obviously my financial situation doesn't, you know, afford me the, 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 the funds and everything to do, you know, all of that marriage and rings and such, but we're taken care of, you know, and, and the, the love in this house, you know, is abundant. So why would I let, you know, why should I let somebody who's on the outside, you know, seeing, looking at this thing, kind of, you know, insert their two cent when, you know, it doesn't, it's just that it's two cent, you know, we got a whole dollar's worth of work over here. Why am I worried about this two cent? Well, for me, it's more along the same lines. It really is coming to with relationship with any type of advice people give you over the years, realize everybody's going to have an opinion, but it really doesn't match up with my situation, right? Is their experience. And you take stuff, bits and pieces you hear from people and you learn from people and you apply it where you can, but you still got to find your own way. Right. Right. No, I don't care anybody who comes from the ideal, ideal situation where you have both parents in the house and you were in, you with the, the white house, white picket fence with two and a half kids and dog. Like even that ideal situation, you look at the people who are raised in that ideal situation who are still, who still don't have it together, right? Who still don't understand the way life is supposed to be. It's really about understanding your situation and the context you are in the time that you're in and understanding that, um, again, I go back to everything is a learning experience now. Is everything ideal? Would everything have been ideal the way I would have planned it? No, but again, it's not my plan to start from mm -hmm. A to Z. And I think that's what a lot of people get caught up in is we have this plan, right? That it's supposed to go X this way from A to Z and if you go A to B, C, D, and then you skip the N, it's like, well, wait, hold up, that's not right. Let me go back to C. I started with it like, that's not the way it was supposed to happen for me. That's not the way it's supposed to happen for you. Um, but when you actually are living in it and you really take the time to stop, process what's going on, and um, again, 
attempt to make the best decision for right now for the long term, the long game, then you're it, it really is just as simple as that. I mean, I'm gonna go back to also is it's like having faith in the in the in what you're doing is gonna turn the results that you want. Yeah, and even going back to your um your long game comment, I mean I think uh one of the things that I did when it was it was it was a cost benefit analysis. So I was a little more strategic about you know what sacrifice and whether or not it was going to be quote unquote worth it or whatnot. So you looking at you know I'm moving away from my from home. So like the, my son's in St. Pete, all of my family is there. But what am I? What's my net gain? You know I get up here. You know Chris. You know she needs that support. I've known Nia since she was in Chris's stomach. Um, you know this this child needs that support as well. Uh, Kellen is taken care of. You know he has his mom down there. He has my family, and I get down there once a quarter at the very least, um, you know, to make sure he knows. And we, with the advent of technology, FaceTime, all of that stuff. So I, I'm able to still be a part of his life in a manner where he can actually see and hear and, you know, you know, feel me, so to speak. And mm-hmm. so weighing all of those things, you know, it's like, you know, the long game. And then when you got the opportunity to help somebody achieve a goal that has been their goal since you met them. I met Chris in 2007 and all she talked about was being a dentist. And this was the last piece of it. You know, and that support, you know, is was very, very critical to her achieving that goal. You, you, you look at it and it's like, all right, this is going to net us way more than what it might cost me right now to be uncomfortable just a little bit or have to stretch myself a lot to be able to make this happen. So it's like you said, at the end of the day, it's the long game. It's worth it. You know, go ahead. Right. And- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I, I, absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't want to miss out on look, just like the work environment, we put in work and we do things and we don't look necessarily for people to pat us on the back and say, good job. Because if we take something on, we're just like, look, this is what I took on. So I'm going to do the best that I can right. in this, right? Um, and it's the same thing with your relationship or us as black men. Um, for those of us that are, that we are that, quote unquote anomaly or we are that 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 ghost that missing element of the black male mm-hmm. um we do things and we don't do it with under the guise of i'm trying to prove society wrong or i'm trying to um, yeah. disprove these stereotypes because we know like that's not really true between the three of us we could probably come up with 300 brothers that are doing things right mm-hmm. and 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 our in those supportive roles and are trying to build for their family. So where I want to go now is, so Chris graduated and look, most people won't know the sacrifice that you made, right? They're just going to be like, okay, well, yeah, you know, Chris graduated. And I remember that morning I text you and I said, Hey brother, I know, you know, nobody's going to give you congratulations today, but um, congratulations because you know, you, you were a major part of getting to this. Maybe you didn't, read the books, you didn't play around anybody's mouth, you know, trying to pass, you know, whatever. But there's a lot of work that you did behind the scenes that got us to this point. So what is it that you think you learned about yourself going through all of this? Because let's just, let's just frame it up, right? So how many years are we talking about to get to this point? Twelve. So 12 years to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. 
12, as far as I've known, I mean, if you count, you know, her undergrad, she starts in 03, that's 16 years. You know, well, I'm just talking about from the point that you were in and you were supporting and you were helping. Oh, so you got, what, 13 officials? So, I mean, yeah, like, it's about, I'll say 12. I'll keep it at 12. Okay. Okay, I like, good. I like that number. <laughs> in, in those 12 years, what are some of the things that you learned about yourself? Um... <laughs> One, I don't know everything um, as much as we like to, to think that um, I, I learned. I learned a lot from her and how to how things work. The other thing is that I have a lot more patience than I'm probably giving myself credit for, um, because I think that's the biggest thing that it requires um, this whole situation, because it's, it's not fair. There's no even 50 50 piece of this whole thing it's 70 30 at times it's 90 10 you know i got to do all of this just to make sure that they are taken care of and you got to eat it you know what i'm saying it is what it is you got to be able to take it bear that weight carry it and then carry some more when some random shit happens to throw on top of it um so i think the patience factor uh was one of the one of the biggest things i learned along the way i'm saying what else um I don't know. And then, I mean, the, the biggest thing is that we don't have to fall into a traditional sense of anything that, that they would label what a man should do. I mean, I do so much stuff like besides like as a, as a father, as a uh, fiance slash husband or whatever, like that, the, the, the hat, you wear many hats. The role is all encompassing. So there's not anything that you say you can't do. I was talking to a neophyte of mine the other day and he was, you know, thinking about moving in with his lady because he's going to med school and everything. He was talking about some of the things that he wouldn't do, like washing dishes. That's one of the first things I said I wasn't going to do or I didn't want to do when me and Chris got in together. And then over time, it's like, yeah, you're going to have to wash some dishes sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it, it happens. But that's that traditional, you know, man stuff. You're only supposed to take out the trash. You don't, you don't yeah. cook, things of that nature. So I think that's the biggest lesson is that you're going to wear so many different hats. You need to prepare yourself to be able to take on whatever, you know, life, your relationship, your job is going to throw at you. Yeah. I thought BJ was about to jump in, but I, I am like, it's like everybody in my house wanting to talk all of a sudden. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, on the side. I'm trying to make sure I hear it. Was really good though. Um, what I was going to say is that, and, and that's where I, I've come in, with everything I've seen, like I, I've got a whole bunch of friends that are single, that are married, that are divorced, that are a whole bunch of things. And I see people post them all the time and it, it really is like nails on a chalkboard sometimes when I read these things. Cause they exactly go along with what you just said. It's like getting rid of gender roles. There's tasks that need to be done to make a house run successfully, right? And then one of the things I want to add to what Brett said is that what one thing that I, I personally had to do is really get to the point where you realize it's not about keeping tally of what you did versus what they did or what they're doing or what they're not doing. It's right. This is the hundred things that need to get done. And today, if I got to do 60, then I'm going to do 60. If tomorrow I can't, can't do, I can only do 10. Then I'm hoping that the other half, the other, the other 90 go picked up. Some days I might be carrying 99. Right. But it's this task that got to get done. It's not about the male or the female did it. And we've got to the to the point in society that everybody thinks it's supposed to be this and that. Like, I, I'd be in front. It's not anything, like, if you talk about 
cooking, cleaning, whatever, like 95% of the time, I'm coming home. I know more men that cook nowadays than women, and that's just the honest to God truth. So. I just got back tonight trying to run around from all the grocery shopping, the cooking. So it's just tasks that got to get done because we got kids that got to eat. We got to eat. We got to we gotta have clean clothes. They got to go out here looking looking halfway decent. If they pick their own clothes, we're working on matching clo- coordinating clothes, though, but at least they're clean. Um, <laughs> we got to look halfway decent to do our part for that. But at the same time, it's like, Stop taking tally. It is one thing, males and females. Stop taking tally of what he did versus you did. If you're that far unyoked, and I think we had that conversation about yeah. being yoked. Yeah, we did. It's not, yep. it's not about really what's been assigned to him, what's been assigned to her. It's like, this needs to get done today. Who can do it? It may be health-wise, because tomorrow I might not be healthy enough to do it. Mm-hmm. If that is taken out of the trash, if that is – taking the cars and get an oil change or whatever. I didn't know you understand how to do it or where to go, but I might not physically be able to do it tomorrow. But right. I'm with somebody I know who's going to pick up slack if I need that done, right? And it's not a sign of weakness if you have to ask, but a lot of times, God, even if it's our role, we won't ask to do it or say we can't do it because we're supposed to be the man in that situation, right? And, and I think that's one of the biggest problems with relationships period i don't care at what point you pick up whether it be boyfriend girlfriend fiance husband wife whatever it is uh that outside pressure or that outside projection of what's supposed to happen puts so much pressure on your home and 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 your space and your relationship and i think that's what drives things apart if you just look the two of you just just run your lane you know run 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 your race you know, if that means that, you know, you start out on the inside lane, then you end up on the outside and you come back to the middle, just run the race, run the race that you can finish. Cause there's um, a line to get to. And yeah, somehow there's a line to get to. Right. And when you bring kids in the picture, it's like, no matter whether it's an ideal situation, you married or not, like, again, that's a responsibility and role. You have to set examples that, not, I'm just not going to do this. I'm not going to just sit there and let the trash pile up or nobody's going to eat tonight just because nobody came down and she didn't come down to start cooking. So it needs, we need to eat. So I'm going to go fix dinner. I'm going to go to grocery shop. I'm going to do all this stuff, whatever the case may be. Oh, I'm it's going not to Chef Tally worldwide. Well, yeah, that too. Shout out to Chef Tally. I ain't been there in a couple weeks. I got to go back before I go, <laughs> go this weekend. Um, jerk chicken, jerk pork, threw me off. Yeah, you um, got excited, ladies and gentlemen. You got excited. <laughs> no, you talking about you can taste it, man. <laughs> but I think, and this is for our female listeners. I know there's a lot of you out there. You got three good men on this podcast talking about how we, you know, carry the load for our families, do what we need to do. To I, I, ain't, I didn't say I carry anything. I ain't put <laughs> no pressure on myself. I'm just saying. Fair enough. You got two good men <laughs> and maybe a half over there. But I'm going to tell you what makes all of that worthwhile and bearable is the support that you can get from that woman. Because if that support isn't there, if that pat on the back, if that thank you doesn't come, you know what I'm saying? Whether it, well, it should be timely. But if they don't come, then you, f- you start to feel the weight of that. You start to feel the weight of that burden or it becomes a burden. It doesn't, it's not necessarily us doing what we're supposed to do anymore. It's like you, you feel unappreciated. And that's one thing that I can say keeps me going 
in doing everything that I do because I, I get that appreciation in one fashion or form or another, you know, so continue to uplift your men in your relationships, whether, you know, or your brother, your cousin, whatever it is, let them know that you appreciate those efforts and, you know, and not, instead of just taking and taking because you can, because they will. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's powerful. And, and I was going to ask you guys if, if you had to give other people advice on how to stay focused on that long game and, and, and how to, go through life with a significant other without taking into account all those external pressures. Like what would the advice be? And, and, and look, so, so that was a piece of the maintenance piece, right? Mm-hmm. That, you just, that you just talked about, Brett, was once you're in it, and, and it goes both ways, you need to recognize the other person for what they do. Um, and you need to let them know that, hey, I, I, I see this. I appreciate you. I know you're doing a whole lot. Um, thank you. That That's great. I really do appreciate that to keep them going. Cause if they end up feeling like, man, I just do this and it's not even seen, then that's a problem because already society doesn't see us. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So one thing, oh, go ahead. No, no, you good. So um, part of the thing that's, I'm just going to say, cause I don't know how no other way to, to frame it. So, Guys and girls, if you're if you're talking to somebody, you're in a long-term committed relationship, first of all, don't compare your relationship to your best friends, your parents, mm-hmm. your auntie, your uncles, all that stuff. Like, you can take pieces of it and, and think about pieces, but don't compare where you're at or where you're going to what they've done already. Second thing, if you're in situationships and not relationships, like, make a decision. Um whether you're going to move forward or not. Um, because that was, and again, in all transparency, that was a conversation we had to have years ago. Were we really willing in this to move forward or were we just in a situation? Right. It's a good co- podcast topic. And, and, and part of it, and part of it is, and I, I know a lot of people who will, they won't probably admit it publicly, but they're only in a relationship for two things, either kids or financially they can't be on their own. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. two two major reasons. If they were to break up, either they're splitting the rent, they're splitting the, the utilities, <laughs> all that stuff, and it, it, they're living as roommates instead of uh, relate building a relationship. Mm-hmm. And the other one is it's only because of the kids. Now, again, I'm all for I'm not for people breaking up because of kid kids in the in that thing, everything. But if it's doing more damage to you guys being friends for the sake of that child, then y'all need to make some decisions. And again, I'm speaking from a point where these conversations had to happen in my life. Again, trying to be as transparent as possible as, as we talk about the, these topics over the, over that we've had over the last couple of years. Um, but situationships, if you're not going to do make a commitment, guys and girls, guys, if you're not going to make the full-time commitment to her and her, if you're not really feeling what's going on to make the commitment, y'all just need to split part ways and figure it out on your own. Because you're going to do more detriment long term than you will just just break, getting it over with and moving on. Right. So I, let me let me let me let me highlight that one for you. You can't expect long term results with short term expectation. 
nice wrap up. See, I can't put in a fancy word like that. In <laughs> short. <laughs> well, no, and that 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 phrase just goes to my um. I guess my next piece of advice is to, you know, realize or, or just ask yourself in that relationship, what is the goal? Yeah. Uh, because I think that if you know what the goal is, then you're gonna plan around achieving that goal, and everything that you do should be dedicated to achieving that goal once you if you don't have a goal if you're looking at your relationship if you're looking at your job you're looking at your 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 cousin down the street whatever the whatever the task or whatever it is there should be a goal attached to it and that's what's going to keep you motivated keep you driven to to achieve it yeah and i think look that that's a huge key and it's one of the things that i, I admire about you and chris is that you all well at least from the outside it seems like you like you like you have a plan and there are points where you go back and you revamp the plan, right? Based on oh, things that are happening, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, but but there's a lot of people like, look, they have no plan. Right. Right. And, then, and, if, and if, if you think about those old school parents, that the first thing they would ask you when you want to get into a relationship with their daughter or vice versa, what, what are your intentions? Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you don't know what your intentions are, you, you can't plan. All right. And if you just leave it, leave it to just uh, whatever, you know, we'll just get in this and we'll see what happens. Well, mm. yeah, you're going to see a lot of stuff happen. Right. Right. You're going to see a lot of stuff and, and you're not going to be prepared for it because you have no plan. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the what is what is it? Uh, fail to plan, plan to fail. Yep. That's exactly what you're getting yourself into. So I think the goal piece is huge um, because that keeps you structured and aligned. But then having that example or having the right mentors around you, um, same way you would be at a job. You got to have a mentor. You need a mentor most times to advance your career. Same, same way in your relationship, same way in your personal life. Having the, the people that you can go to that give you good counsel, that are good examples. And not to say that, you know, they don't go through whatever they go through in their marital relationships. But having somebody that's balanced, that can understand and hold you accountable. You know what I'm saying? Look at things and like, okay, but you did this in this situation. So how did that affect your, your spouse or your significant other or whatever the case may be? Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's another thing. And look, that's probably another podcast probably part of the same one as what BJ was just talking about, but you can't take advice from your good friend that doesn't have a good relationship right? or has never had a good relationship. Right. Because if they can't do it for themselves, what makes you think that all of a sudden they can do it for you? Right. Right. So you have to go find somebody that is going to be unbiased in their you know, their recommendations, their recommendations, their suggestions, their guidance. Um, because if somebody's all on your team, then they're going to tell you some things that are wrong and, and vice versa. It can't be somebody that's, you know, your partner, they're all on their, their team. It, it just doesn't work. So you, you get, you got to find somebody, look, they could be the best friend in the world, but your best friend in the world needs to be able to tell you, no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like that. Just like that. Real quick, one part, y'all, y'all brought about the goals, but the one thing I want to throw out there, too, is, like, whether you have goals you're going for life, whether it's career, whether it's business, whatever it is, the one thing you got to associate with the same thing with the relationship as well is that 
if you're willing to throw your all into it for those goals to be achieved, you can't hit a stumbling block and be like, forget it, throw your hands up. If, you're re- if your goal is to build a relationship. Now, there are some situations, of course, that come into play that may be, you know, out there and make you think about, rethink stuff, whatever. But if day-to-day situations come up and you're willing to throw in a towel after one or two hurdles, right, then what, was that really your goal to begin with? You need a reality check. Was that really my goal? Am I really willing to fight for that goal? Because if you really put the time and commitment into other things, are you really to put the time and commitment into what you say you want out of a relationship as well? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, all right, man. Hey, so what's next, Brett? What's 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 the time check? Where we at on the time? Uh we're at forty one minutes. Forty one minutes. I have a, a serious question. Okay. And I don't know if it's a twenty minute question or not. Let's go, let's see. But I'm gonna ask it. Uh, so y'all, y'all situation is a lot different from mine. We got this blended, blended family thing going on over here. Right. Um, so I'm a very active father in my son's life, but Nia, my daughter, her father is less than active. And so we get a text message today. If you're listening, buddy, sorry. I mean, he knows what it is. We had a very candid conversation today. So, right. Right. And we'll continue to have candid conversations, but it's, it's all good. Um, so he, he texts out of the blue saying that he wanted to see Nia or spend some time with Nia or whatnot. Mind you, the last thing, last time I can remember them actually seeing each other was Thanksgiving, maybe two years ago. The last time that I can actually remember them having some semblance of a conversation, I don't even know when. So the, he's been less than active, right? And he shoots up out of the blue. And granted, there's a and, and there's always some level of drama that comes with this individual. It may not rear its head in the beginning, but it's likely to show up somewhere. So I'm very hesitant to embrace this situation for several reasons. First of all, you can't keep coming in and out of this young lady's life. It doesn't do her any good. It doesn't do us any good, right? But then the drama that may come that I'm predicting or we're predicting that may come is not going to be good for any of us. We don't want to be wrapped up in that. But then there's a very, very small piece of me, like very minute. It's probably like 1% of me that doesn't want to deny the father access to their child. Who's really trying to be, have access to their child because I know what that's like from when I had my son early on. So I'm in a, a a tight situation here because if you, if it's going to happen, it's going to take some time. He's going to have to earn it. But I don't know what – I really don't know what the benchmark is, like what hurdle he has to jump over or how high that hurdle is or what it's going to take to actually let that relationship even begin to build again because I'm too worried about what it may end up being. Mm. You want to smile first, kid? Yeah, I can. Okay. So what I would say is, look, we're, we're not going all in. There, there's going to be a uh, a, a trial period, uh, right. a probationary period, where, one, it's going to be supervised visits or supervised interactions. Um, 
and there's going to be some stipulations, right? Don't, don't get me wrong. I get it. Look, this, this, is, this is your seed, but you've been neglecting this seed for so long and we had to transplant this seed out of the pot. Right. Right. So I have to watch you. I have to watch what you're going to bring into this environment for this child that we are raising. Um, and after a certain period of time, if, if you have shown that you can be a positive contributor, right, then we will increase that time. So the same way that you'd have to fight for um, custody and things like that, well, we're going to implement our own version of that. <laughs> Real stuff, though. And, and go from there. And look, it sounds harsh. Some people may say, oh, that's that man's child, blah, blah, blah. You can't deny him. Right. But what I also can't do, I can't authorize the, the pollution or the destruction of this child's foundation. And that's where I'm at. And I can't come off of that. You know, and this happened, you know, just today. So obviously it's fresh and it'll be a week or so before I probably get from that space. But it's, I can't willingly subject my child to that type of destruction if yeah. that's what it's going to be. But, but, uh, and I guess, you know, let me, let, let me look at the other side of it. The other side of it is you don't want her to grow up and have questions later on. And the questions can't be answered because you all denied her the opportunity for that connection to happen. Right. So who knows why all of a sudden he just, raise his head up you know he could have got some bad news who knows you never know what the driving factor is and, and look I think that's a question that can be asked and I think it's fair hey why is it at this time that you have now chosen which now that I kind of look at it uh so right after somebody became a doctor all of a sudden <laughs> you're raising your head <laughs> oh I want to be involved in my child's life right well What's your intention? <laughs> right. That's what, that's what I asked with that. Like, what do you mean? What do you, what do you think this is? Like, how do you, where do you come off? Like, why? Like, all of those. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a, and B, BJ, if you, man, jump in because this isn't an easy uh -huh. one at all. No, it's not, it's not easy because at the end of the day, my best thing is what's the best thing for the child, right? Um, and I, I know where you're coming from because just in the conversation and outside of any other conversation we had before today, how many times have you referred to me as your child in this conversation right now? So you've taken on the role of this provider protector, right? Um, and the main thing is to protect her from any type of neglect or disappointment. Um, it's, it's one of those thin lines because I'm like, I, I never want to deprive a, a father of the opportunity um, to see, to communicate with. But also I agree that um, you guys have the right to question what are your intentions, right? Because, and put it out there that Kania's how old now? 11? Nine, she'll be 10. Thank okay, you. I'm mad at an extra year to you. My bad, brother. Uh, <laughs> don't grow too quick. Um, that she's at a point in time right now, like any memory she has or whatever is still there. But as mm -hmm. she starts to get older, these interactions stick with her and start help start start 
um, how she interacts in her future relationships with you guys, with anybody she's ever dating, with anybody else she's ever interested in, her friends' reactions, interactions, things like that. So it's like you want to hope and believe that he has good intentions. Um, and again, the thing like we need you to, but I think she has some, some say so in it as well. Like, what does she want? And and I say that be, only because if she if she's at the age now where she understands that yes, this is my birth father. He has not been around, but if I have the opportunity to build a relationship with him, I believe she should. Granted, that also that may be the first thing is that you need to communicate more with her. Like that means call, check in a couple times a week, um, have conversation with her, come over and just have dinner, right? Whatever the case may be, to start building our relationship with her so we can see. Because at the same time, now you, it's like, it's almost, and I hate to say it, it's almost like you, you want you to release your child to a stranger because she doesn't know him to, to be around him, how he interacts. I mean, she was seven years old, but the last major internet you said two Thanksgivings ago. Yeah. So seven years old, seven to nine going on 10, that's a big growth spurt mentally, physically, emotionally. So the things that I might have been sad about before are really going to hit me hard now. I'm going to carry with me into a middle school situation and, and that's going to outplay itself for the rest of the rest of her life. Um, so I believe you guys have the right to ask questions, but I believe you also have the right to say, yeah, we understand you want to, we want you to be able to, but because of the track record, we need you to start showing some involvement with other little things before it's a major situation like spending a whole day or coming to stay with you for a night or something like that. And I don't know what the intentions are eventually, but before those things happen, it's not going to be, oh, I want her next week, it's going to happen. Now, you need to do some things in between time to show us that we can trust you with this situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank y'all. Because it was a uh, weighing kind of heavy on me earlier today. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, that's a tough one. And, and, and I know how that type of thing can, that can disrupt the whole dynamic of what you have going on. Right? Uh, it was like, oh, man, this guy was gone. I ain't had to worry about him. Like, he was over there. We good over here in this bubble. And then, hey, I'm here. No, you're not here. Go go over there somewhere. But, yeah, I think, um, I don't know. That conversation with Nia is going to be kind of tough, though. But she has, and again, I go, she's at the age now where leaving her out and making a decision without her input, because she may tell you right now that, that I don't want to, I don't want to do that right now. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be something communicated to him. So hopefully that's a trigger. Say, okay, I need to change something. I need to do something. And maybe it's not what he wants right now, but maybe it is calling. I mean, I don't know. Is he local? Nah, well, he's not far. He's in okay. Virginia somewhere. Last thing I know is uh, somewhere around Richmond. So maybe maybe it's, it's little things between now and then or just pop or call him more often, checking him or FaceTime him more often, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he has to prove that to her. Now, again, as she gets older, that relationship, I would hate to say, hate to see her not have a relationship at all with this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Because that, again, that's more possible issues left farther down the line. She has a good model now, but that void of not knowing my birth father can lead to other things down the line. So I, I believe she does need to be a part of the conversation and her opinion needs to be asked before any decision is made. You guys can say, okay, we'll try it. But she may be like, no, 
She's not ready for it yet. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Real life situations down here on the thirteenth floor, ladies and gentlemen. All day, every day, baby. Yeah, man. Uh, so it's some segments that be going on. You know, I've been out of the loop for a minute. I know BJ got his own little segment before we go to Carol's Corner. I'm not not Carol's Corner, but you know what I'm talking wow. about. Look at you, Rusty. <laughs> Rusty. I don't have an education tip, but I just want to drop this. Um, yeah, this will drop this week. Actually, this Friday, I won't be on the podcast for at least in two weeks. Come back for three weeks. Um, I actually excited Friday the seventh I will be leaving for Alaska. Um and I won't be back to Monday the seventeenth. Um I'm going on a mission trip with my church, my first ever mission trip. Okay. Um there's a group of ten of us going to Alaska, Wrangell, Alaska. If you look it up, you probably will never find it. Wrangell, Alaska? Wrangell, it's a small island right off the small island. <laughs> Wrangell. We fly into Seattle and drive and actually catch a, like one of those puddle skippers. Like an extra forty-five yeah. minutes, one of the small islands right off um, side of Canada. Um, but we have some missionaries up there already doing some great work. They do not have a youth department, so they asked us to go and lead a do a week-long vacation Bible school for all the kids up there. Nice. So we're expecting forty-plus kids at a week-long vacation Bible school. Um, I'm excited. I've never been to Alaska, and we're not in the part that's way up like um, Juneau and all that. We're we're not on the mainland, Alaska. So we still You're get one of those islands that's on like that little kickoff spot. No, on the we're right off the U.S. Um, Canada board, Canada side, not all the way out going up towards the other part. But right, what we're going to do a map in there so we can see what the heck BJ actually definitely. <laughs> but um, I'm excited. Well, I need people to figure out where we at because the on the island is only like two towns. Only there's only like 2,500 people on the island. All right. We'll talk about demographics offline. I thought I looked that up. <laughs> that sounds sound like a horror movie setting, but uh, you know, if, but if things still, pop off, we we come. The, we'll be there. I, I know. I know. I got to make the call. Like who do you? But I say that to say, look, man, I'm I'm excited. You know what? Because I get the opportunity to go. It's my first time. Me and Gina, we're going to get to go together. Both of our first mission trips. Um, oh, nice. And again, and it's, and it's working with kids, so it's right up my alley. So I'm I'm right. good. The weather's gonna be in the 40s, 50s, probably I 60s, but it's supposed to rain a lot. Um, but up there is like 17 hours of daylight. Um, yep. Sunrise is like 4:30 in the morning, and <laughs> until like 9:30 at night. Yeah. Um, they're four hours behind yep. us right now, so yep. it's just gonna be different. But the pictures, everything you got, the mountains, you got the water, you got the um, glaciers, you got everything. We're going on the trip to the glaciers one day, actually. So. I'm excited, man. Yeah, and um, just so you know, at this time of year, well, we're, I think we're about at that time, it never really gets completely dark. Right. So you'd just be so confused <clears throat> the whole time. I got 10, day, I got 10 days to adjust before I come back to the reality, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, enjoy it, man. Sounds like it's going to be a great time, man. I can't wait to see the pictures and hear all the great work y'all going to be doing when you get back. Yeah, man. I'm gonna try to post everything while while I'm there. Post what I can. Um, yeah. Social media stuff to keep everybody looped in, man. Find an Eskimo with Wi-Fi. One of them has some Wi-Fi. Yeah, they got Wi-Fi <laughs> in these nowadays. <laughs> Easy, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for listening here with us. It feels great to be back on the podcast, man. We got a lot of great content. I've been gone for like over two months, I believe it is something like that. 
so I got a lot of stuff to talk about, cannabis related, non-cannabis related, just things happening. But we're gonna keep the content fresh and rolling for you. <laughs> now, now he got a lot of stuff to talk about. But hey, I, man, it's been I've a lot been, of experiences. I've been, I've been searching for for content, and now this man talking about he got a lot of stuff to talk about. Okay, that's great. We look forward to it. I'm with you, man. You know what I'm saying? I got you. We got a nice little content piece for next week. I'll, I'll throw in a little aside in there when we get this, when they see us. Uh, Netflix special up underneath our belt. I have an aside for you, though. Uh, but yeah. make sure you listen listening each and every week, man, on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Make sure you catch the videos on Vimeo and YouTube. I'm going to get our latest video up this evening. So if you're catching the post-graduation, we had the videos up there for you, Art. I miss you, man. I know how you like your videos and such. Um, but stay connected with us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, at 13th Floor. Uh, drop us a line if you got some content you want us to get into, things happening in the world. I've been under a rock for, like I said, the last two, three months. So uh, any and everything that's going on, drop us a line at 13th Floor at Flagology.com. That's 13th Floor at Flagology.com. Uh, but that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Coach K, go ahead and wrap us up so we can get a batcha. You are not a myth. You are not a stereotype. You are not what other people say you are. You are whatever it is you decide that you are going to be, whether that be an athlete, a scholar, uh, an influencer, a politician, whatever it may be, a great spouse, a great, just, just whatever it is that you want to be, you make that thing, you be you. Don't worry about what everybody else is saying, what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is telling you that you're supposed to be. And look, you're going to keep hearing this reoccurring thing, this reoccurring theme, because my intent is to empower as many people as possible to be who they are authentically without the influence of anybody else. And only in that manner will you get to the authentic results that are for you and for those that are your loved ones. Mm -hmm. So, Tune out the noise. Be you. Achieve. People that tell you that, oh, that can't happen or that situation, nah, you should give up on that. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. If you want that situation to happen, you want that, uh, that achievement, go out there and get it. Show them. Show them who you are. There it is, ladies and so gentlemen. Easy, Thank you all for listening here with us on the 13th floor. Well, the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Look at that Lion King shirt. Curry, you going to stand up let him see the old man going along the highway? Oh, I was going to say, no, nah, I ain't going to stand up all the way. Nah, we can't go to the bottom. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw that earlier. I think that. I'm going to lean back and sit up on the floor. Just smiling. Just smiling. The 13th floor. floor. What's this, 117? Am I right?